You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid Drinkers Friday, Grifka's favorite day of the week. We are talking Lions on Wednesday. We had Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated, all Lions. That was tremendous. Uh, Logan always brings the knowledge. Grifka loves it when he brings the knowledge, and it he thinks that it agrees with what he said when really, I mean, we all know what it is. I don't even need to say it, but uh, we had fun. We, we laughed. We joked. Uh, we talked Lions. That was a good show. Here we are on a Friday. Grifka is going to tell you about um, how it feels outside, probably say something about chili like he has done multiple weeks in a row. He's probably going to tell you to eat chili, which he's done multiple weeks in a row. And then he's going to hit you with an acronym. And once he does that, he's going to ask me some ridiculous question from Lions 24-7. We're going to fight for probably 30, 40 minutes. So that's kind of how the Friday show goes. Grifka, prove me wrong. How are you on a Friday? How you doing, buddy? Doing good? Doing good? Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can beat you to your gimmick lines now. That's where this show has gone after two some years. I could just I could just have a little uh you know thing, a little button and just play a lot of your a lot of your stuff before you do it. And and, and I'm still upset with you that you messed up. He ain't that great on Wednesday. I mean, can you step your game up here on a Friday? Yeah, I'll try to. <laughs> I mean, uh it is a Friday in the fall and Today's like probably going to be the last nice Friday in Michigan because it's uh, supposed to be like 70 today before it hits 49 degrees tomorrow, you know, on Saturday. So uh, once again, it's going to be one of those, uh, you know, cold weekends. And, you know, since we're, you know, taking on Atlantic, probably get some of that Southern barbecue, you know, at no chili this weekend, get some Southern barbecue, you know, to, uh, you know, either ribs, chicken, something like that be great for the game um so once again tjf thank god it's friday grifka i think we've said it a few times but we need to reiterate this point i am gonna be in the building oh baby i'm gonna be in Atlanta. i'm gonna be in the atl i'm gonna be enjoying the week down there doing all types of things and be hanging out with some friends we're gonna be watching ufc i've got uh 
you know, gosh, I don't even know who I have in that fight. I I would love to see Gaethje win that over Khabib, but I also want to see Connor and Khabib again. So we're going to have that. We're going to watch Michigan play football against the Gophers. And Logan Lamarandier said he's a little worried about that game. I can't lie. I'm a little worried too, but hopefully they get the dub under the lights. And then I'm going to be in the Mercedes Benz Stadium rooting on our Lions trying to get two dubs against a team that I'm sure we'll talk all about today. I mean, Grifka, let me sum that all up for you in, in one little word, phrase, whatever you want to call it. I mean, simply this. Woo! I, I'm fired up here on a Friday. I mean, you can't even bring me down, Grifka. This should be a fun show. The people want to know what's going on with Lions, Falcons, Oakry in the house, Detroit Kool-Aid being poured out all over the city of Atlanta. I mean, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, let's uh, start off with this. I, I don't have a question for you this week that I think it'll make you angry, but I want to get your opinion Not on time. something. Um, this is one of those things where it's, it's you know, a couple quarterbacks, you know, fan bases in both cities can be frustrated with these quarterbacks. But I just want to get your opinion. Over their whole career, who do you think's had a better career so far, Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan? Grifka, I, I know you said you didn't make me mad, and I this this doesn't necessarily, but I gotta do it. I mean, is, is this a real question, really? I mean, I feel like you've asked this before. Yeah, like, this is a real like, question. For I you. feel like this is a repeat Grifka question from back in the day. You you like to match up the names. You want to know how Matt Stafford's compared to another guy. Like, ha- haven't we done this before on the show? Do do I need to answer this again? Yes, because some people might not have heard it on a prior show. <laughs> oh, and we okay, always I'll... say we'll go back and look, but for some odd reason, we never go into the archives and find it. <laughs> Unless I say you're wrong about something, and then you comb through like 50 episodes trying to prove me wrong, which we all know never happens. So, okay, I'll, I will do this for you. I will humor you. Matt Ryan versus Matt Stafford. Griffka, you should really have some respect and call him Matthew Stafford. I mean, really, you're just going to call him Matt like he's some regular dude? I mean, he prefers Matthew. Don't you know this? I was trying to match up the names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. I I like to call him Matt Stafford as well. I mean, it might sound something like this. Hey, Matt! Stafford! (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Griffka, like... Gosh, I mean, these are two peas in a pod, these guys. I mean, I remember, um, you know, Stafford had the had the bigger rating coming out of high school, probably. He had bigger hubbub in college, um, you know. But when Matt Ryan came on the scene, what did he do his first pass in the league? Threw about an 80-yard touchdown on the Detroit Lions. I mean, these guys... Uh, you know, they've had similar career paths where they put up a bunch of numbers. They really don't win anything. They're both pretty talented, smart, good guys. They're friends. They both live in hot Atlanta in the offseason. They've got twins, both of them, I think. So, you know, these are the same type of guys. And every year, everybody wants to say, well, if they just had this. Or, if everything goes right, you should be good enough. Or, you know... Why hasn't Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford won at a high level? Like, it's just the same argument. I mean, they're they're the same person, basically. I mean, they're both above average quarterbacks, you know, to to good. They're they're neither of them are elite. Yeah, you heard me, people. I know there's a bunch of Detroit Kool Aid drinkers that always want to tell me how Matt Stafford's elite and we couldn't do anything without him and blah blah blah. Like, he's good. He's a good. Upper level quarterback. Is he great? 
I don't know. I he's very good at times. Is he elite? No, he's not elite. He's not up there with the the top echelon, you know, quarterbacks. Now is he up there as an elite thrower of the football? Yeah, he's an elite thrower of the football. He can throw it sidearm, he can throw it 80 yards, he can throw it, you know, intermediate, all that type of stuff. So he has a better arm than Matt Ryan. You know, I think they both have similar intelligence level when it comes to the game of football. Similar similar temperaments, which means they both have said nothing for over a decade. Nobody cares their opinion on anything because they never have an interesting take, kind of like you on the show. Whereas, like, I want a quarterback like me that will come on, ruffle a few feathers, make people laugh, not be afraid to say what people don't want to hear sometimes. And... Neither of these guys do that. These are just, you'd rather watch paint dry than hear these guys talk at a post-game podium. So their players seem to respect them. You know, they 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 love their city. They've always been good in their cities and communities. You, you see what I'm saying. These are basically the same people. But if you got to ask me to pick one, I mean, if I'm starting my team back 10 years ago or even now, I mean, give me this guy. I mean, the guy, the guy has a better overall throwing arm. He's a little bit younger and he's just a guy that I think is a better quarterback. Yeah. Matt is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. You heard it here first. Everybody knows it's true. And you know, when he's got to prove it waffle maker, he's got to prove it on Sunday in Atlanta, in the Mercedes dome, when everything, the Lions need a W to get the 500 and get the season rolling. It needs to happen. Matt Stafford. Stafford! Prove me right on Sunday when I'm there. I'm going to be rocking the home game cut white crispy number nine jersey. And I want to see three hundy and three touchdowns at a minimum. I'd really like to see you ball out for three fifty and four touchdowns. Show me you can do it. Show me that you're superior to Matt Ryan. Now, Grifka, do I have to do this again? Are you going to ask me this again the next time two Matts play each other? Or can we move on? Because I think I've summed it up right there for you and for the people. Well, you said Matt Stafford is a better quarterback, correct? In my opinion, yes. So, but I ask you, who's had the better career? I mean, Matt Ryan actually, you know, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but still, I mean, there's a Super Bowl in there. So, I guess, couldn't the argument be made that Matt Ryan's had a better career so far than Matt Stafford? That's on me, Grifka. I I apologize to you. That's me, once again, not listening to your question, not paying attention to what you say here on the show. That's on me. That's my fault. I mean, I think I'm similar to most listeners out there, but I, I that's me. I, I, I did not listen. I did not take into consideration what you said, and that's a mistake on my part. Um, in the rare occurrence here on the show, I agree with you. When you're talking about careers, <laughs> when you're talking about accolades, none of it matters other than when you won in the playoffs. And even though you choked the Super Bowl, you got there. So, yes, Matt Ryan has had a better career because he has more W's, more playoff appearances, and a Super Bowl appearance where Matt Stafford has none of those, but he has a lot of stats. So, Grifka, I agree with you. I apologize for not listening or taking into consideration anything you say here on the show in regards to this question or any other questions in the past. Let's move on. Um, Just a quick uh, piggyback on that one. Are uh, either one or both of them or neither of them Hall of Famers? 
Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I mean, nowadays it's just, they look at your numbers. Were you a good guy in the league? Did the league like you as a person, as a player? If so, you'll probably get a gold jacket anywhere from five, eight, ten years down the line, whatever it may be. Um, they probably both go in just because what they've done for their city. Like I say, they've been poster boys and because they got all the numbers. So I assume so. I don't like that because it, you know, as much as I say, it's not black and white, it is kind of about rings and about championships. So when you walk out with maybe like no playoff wins or a lot of almost, or I could have, I should have, you know, that that would be a ding if I had a vote, which I don't. Um, but the, these guys will both get in, I'm sure, based on numbers alone. Okay. I can, I can see both parts of you on the argument, but uh, Derek, I have to agree with you on that statement. <laughs> but overall, you're not quite... Um... Not quite for sure. <laughs> All right. What else we got, Grifko? Let's keep this thing moving. Okay. Um, once again now, everybody, gather around. Uncle Mike has a story to tell you that from the days of yore. Oh, my God. Um, here here yeah. we go, people. It's going to talk yeah, about the Mason-Dixon line. Again, it's, it's time to pull out the old history book here. <laughs> and uh, I know there's some Lions fans that have been long listening, long suffering like myself. I know Derek, you know, he's a Johnny come lately, you know, Mr. You know, sunshines <sighs> and rainbows, but but I'm gonna harken back to a year that every Lions fan that's been a Lions fan forever remembers. And that's the ninety one Lions. <laughs> Do you remember the ninety one Lions? You know, Barry Sanders, you know, that team, you know, made the playoffs, you know, NFC championship game. You remember that one? Were you around? Uh, were you still like were you, were you still trying were you still watching uh, Jordan basketball you hadn't found football yet? <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's a positive on the Jordan basketball. That's a negative of the 1991 team. I have no idea what you're referencing. And, uh, this will be an education on the show because most of our listener base will have, uh, absolutely, uh, no chance to know either. No chance. So that's what you got. But go ahead. Enlighten us, Grifka, on the early 1990s before any of us were either alive or knew much about football. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Well, as always, I mean, this has to do with, you know, the Lions and the Falcons, because that same year, the Falcons, you know, once again, another long-suffering franchise, had a great team, you know, Jerry Glanville was a coach, and they went from the red uniforms to the blacks, and they, they, they had the too legit to quit. Who remembers MC Hammer's too legit to quit? And uh, the funny thing is, ha-ha, funny, that the Lions and the Falcons both lost to the Redskins, the eventual Super Bowl champion Redskins, in the playoffs. But, uh, Grifka, I want to know, did you have the MC Hammer cassette tape? Cassette? No, that, no, the CDs were out by then. So uh, I did have the MC Hammer CD. So just to let you know that. <laughs> did you have the Did you have the pants? No. Oh, heck no. I can't. You can't support it. I, I mean, I'm a white guy from the thumb of Michigan. I couldn't support pants like that without getting made fun of. <laughs> oh, all right. Go ahead. Continue. Anyways, I, it's. I just remember it happening and it was the Mike Utley, you know, with the, uh, you know, the game against the Rams where he was paralyzed and he, as he was going off the field, he gave thumbs up showing, you know, Hey, I'm okay. And that was really the Lions rallying, rallying cry that year. It was just a great year. You know, even for the Falcons, I remember seeing those guys, those guys became the darlings of the NFL. I mean, for as much as like the Lions of Blue Collar City, and I always say they're often hated, but that year the Falcons were flashy. I mean, Neon Dion was in the back, you know, the defensive backfield running back punts, you know, pick six, everything like that. They had Andre Bad Moon rising on the team. 
and it was just one of those flashy teams that, you know, you know how it is every once in a while, the NFL gets, gets a team. It's just like, Ooh, these guys, you know, these are flashy. We like these guys all of a sudden. And that's what they did with the Falcons. And then they had the two legit to quit. And, you know, they were all over the place and I liked them because Deion Sanders was on the team and I was a big Deion Sanders fan, even at Florida state. And, but the Lions, man, they just like, they were, once again, there was blue collar that year with the thumbs up and, the whole city of Detroit got behind him. So my question, like to Derek, I know he doesn't remember it, but I was hoping he'd do like, you know, one of those things like go back and look at it. And you see kind of like how the city's both embraced those teams. And for all that we hope Detroit will get to, you know, with that feeling again. And I know Atlanta's made a couple of Super Bowl since then. And I'm sure that that city really rallied around him, but it was really that too legit to quit team where that, that team really, came came into its own where the NFL kind of fell in love with them and I still think that Detroit needs something like that where they're flashy and like and everybody you know they almost got to lose that moniker of blue collar just bringing a lunch pail and they need some something splashy and flashy where the NFL's like we want to put these guys on TV they got this you know they have like this attitude of swag that you know they just don't seem to have but that was the year kind of a magical year for both Detroit and the city of Atlanta where, you know, the NFL fell in love with uh, Detroit or, and, you know, and they, they fell in love with Atlanta and still Washington beat them both in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness. Grifka, that, that was a very long, but um, somewhat entertaining way to get to your question, which is, you know, what do the lions need to do to either be on the map? Or I think you always strive for wanting to be this, you know, darling of the league or the NFL needs to respect us, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we go on about that. And I have to ask you, is this a real question? Ask you, where'd you get this from Lions? Because none of this stuff matters. Like I, I know you, we play your gimmick cause you, you hate the Cowboys, the Packers, the Giants, the Steelers, all the teams the NFL loves. But what you miss is that all those teams aren't high-flying, swagger, dancing around, flashy players, as you put it. The teams that are are the traditional franchises or the teams that win is what, you know, the majority of fans or the NFL gravitate to. So I hate to take you back. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not caring one lick about football back in 1991 I mean again I was a basketball guy coming up I was a hockey guy back in the Red Wings dynasty you know and still am and so no I I don't know what you're referencing I did love Dion but that was back when I somewhat started to pay attention when he was on the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys Griffka, I didn't even start liking the Lions and probably to like early to mid 2000s I mean I I could care less about football back in the day. And since then I've surpassed you in regards to knowledge, passion, and, and just excitement about this team uh, from then where you went the opposite way. You want to ho hum. Woe is me. I mean, gosh, where's the music? We probably have it here on the soundboard. This is, we got to cue up your music half the time. You got the loser mentality of like, Oh, I've, I've liked them since the nineties. Like, I don't have that. I don't know what you're talking about back in the 90s. But what you did say is about this lunch pail team. Grifka, do I have to refer you to the 2004 Detroit Pistons? They were called the going to work Pistons. They had no superstars. All they did was lock people up and make them score 60 points a ball game. When, when the NBA wanted to love the LA Lakers who had the big flashy players and would score 120. But what happened? The Pistons all came together as a team. They had a coach that galvanized them. 
and they won basketball games, and they won a championship, almost won two, and they got mad respect from everybody in the league, everybody at the NBA offices, and all around the world, because everybody knew about those Pistons. Again, I wasn't really around for the, the bad boy days, but same thing. Those weren't flashy players. Those weren't, you know, exciting teams that got everybody um, to notice them. Those were gritty, grimy, nasty uh, teams. But what? Why did people know them, and why do are they stay in the lore? Because they won, and because they were gritty, like Detroit is known for, you know. And so, I no, I don't agree with you that we need to get some flashy players, get the next hot coach. We need to like do everything differently to get some type of credit. What we need to do is win, and what we need to do is be Detroit, which is, you come here, we punch you in the mouth. You come here, it's going to be a long day at the office for you, because people in Detroit get up and go to work every day and earn what they get, and that's what everybody wants for this football team, and that's why we've been craving an offensive line, a running game, a team that can just be proud of, and that doesn't mean scoring 45 points a game or being on the NFL poster. That means winning. That means having a tough mentality and having a product on the field where every Sunday you're like, man, I'm proud of this. This is my football team. And are we there right now? No. Do I think we could still get there under Matt Patricia and under this current regime and players? Yes, there is still some of me that thinks we could be that gritty, grimy team that finds a way to win. I mean, call it what you will. Drink it in, man. But I'm here to tell you that Matt Patricia and this current Lions team could be a gritty, grimy, hard-nosed, nasty football team that wins. And then that would put them on the map. And then Detroit would gravitate towards them. And it could still happen, even though everybody thinks it can't. So, no, we don't need to be the darlings. What we need to do is win ball games and be Detroit. And we do that, everybody will be all about Detroit football. They won't even remember that we're hockey town. They won't even remember that we have a basketball team because all people want to do is see this team win, be proud of them, and be all about football in Detroit and in the state of Michigan. I really like your take on that. I really do. It's a very cogent, well thought out. And, uh, I don't know, though, if uh, we ever reach that level with that blue-collar mentality where what we're looking for when we complain about not being on TV enough or not getting the big games, you know, you know, I don't know. I just always get the feeling that the line, you know, the NFL wants flashy teams, and that's what they're looking for. They want big stars, big names, high-flying stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I do like your answer, though, right there. Do, do you want to? Do you want the NFL to like us or do you want to win, Grifka? Well, I think if the NFL likes us, it kind of leads to winning. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you've heard my take. So, uh. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. And, and yes, I, I I know where you're going with that. And we don't even need to go there today. Well, what else we got? I'm fired up here. What else you got for me on a Friday? Well, let's do this. Let, let's have you, uh, you know, calm down a little bit before we break down this Atlanta Detroit. I'm game calm, Grifka. I'm <laughs> calm. Let's take a pause for the cause. <laughs> pay some bills before they shut the lights out on us. Griff, because they ain't shutting out no lights, and, and, and we got lots more lines to talk about. So, everybody, you just heard me talk about this team getting it together, getting grimy, getting W's, getting that respect that we all want. We're going to talk more about it after the break. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, we are back from the break. We thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, me and Grifka, we have a lot of fun with each other. We, uh, you know, we beat each other up like uh, like buddies would and uh, argue a lot. But what we really do is talk football. We love the Lions. We want to see them do well. And uh, we just enjoy doing the show for, gosh, going on two plus years now we've been doing this thing, Grifka. So um, we've got some gimmick lines. We've got some fans out there, which we're really appreciative of and we just love it when they reach out to us on Twitter, when they hit the subscribe button, when they tell people, hey, you know what you got to do? You got to check out the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. They drop two shows a week. I mean, does that fire you up, Grifka, when people do that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to hear back from other people. It's great when people, uh, you know, tag me uh, on Twitter when you tag me and they respond to me. and. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad when people listen to us. My favorite is when they're like, "Hey, Griff at Griffka DKC, you're um, you're um, how can I say this? You're um, you're not that great." <laughs> that that makes me laugh every time, even though uh, you know it, you might not like it as much. It makes me laugh. So um, no, uh, we, hey, we, it's okay <laughs> that they do that. At least I'm out here putting my feelings, my thoughts and feelings out there for the world to hear. <laughs> Them just saying I'm not that great when they sit in their car and listen to us and like i know football but i don't want to call the hotline or do anything like that so hey it's cool yeah. man no problem Grifka, i can live with it thanks for Grifka, listening guys Grifka, why has nobody manned up in a while and, and called the hotline is it because we ran down lafurge's nuggets back in the day or because t swizzle three left us a one star rating when everybody else left us a five star i mean is that why we can't get anybody to, to just step up to the plate and leave the detroit kool-aid cast in the words of Jim Rome, have a take that does not suck and call the line, and we will play it here on the show. Grifka, if people want to do that, if people think they got game, I'm sure there's people at home that listen to this every week and think, I could do that better than those guys. Like you said, I know football. Or I, I could be entertaining. Like, what's that number they might call to uh, to drop us a line, and we'll see if they got game or not. We'll play it on the show if it's good enough. It's a 989-272-3484. Or as you say, 989-272, Kevin Smith, and Herman Moore. Grifka, well done. I mean, imagine if you would have done that well at the name contest that we did on Wednesday when I asked you to pronounce these names in this order. Adrian Peterson. A. Sean. A. O. O. Baby. And then Gardner Manchu. <laughs> like, imagine if you would have dropped that as well as you did Kevin Smith. <laughs> I'm proud of you today. Not not on Wednesday. I was ashamed by your by your performance. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, let's do this. Uh, let's get into this uh, Falcons game. It's going to be a tough game on Sunday. It's pretty high powered offense and pretty crappy defense for Atlanta. Griffka, did uh, I mention I'm going to be there? Is, 
Did I, did I mention What's on the that? show oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there in person? That's right. I, I, I forgot you mentioned that a few times already. Grifka, I'm, I might I'm I might have to shake somebody's hand to get this W. What do you think? Should I, should I try to shake a man's hand or because it's COVID, should I not do that? Well, that's up to you. I mean, I, I would if I had an opportunity because that probably only happen <laughs> once. But I would show them that I would be putting the uh, – the sanitizer on my hand before I shook it, just so they could stay calm. <laughs> the, the the Grifka handshake is legendary on the show. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back in the archives. No matter what show you listen to, you hear Grifka tout how he shook Darius ha- Slay's hand, and that's why he's so good. I mean, it's 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 basically your claim to fame. I mean, that and a couple of your gimmick lines that we made famous here on the show. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so speaking of Darius Slay. Um, don't you think the Lions could use him this weekend going up against those top flight wide receivers that the Falcons have? Ooh, Grisky. Like, here's the thing. You know, everybody's hating on the Atlanta Falcons, what they have one W, which they got against Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Grifka, what's your what's your expert analysis on him as a quarterback? Yeah, he ain't that great. <laughs> Uh, like everybody wants to beat up the Falcons. Like, Oh, they're just a mess. They fired. The, like, yeah, they don't have many wins, but you look at the offensive side of the football in particular. I mean, what's the stat that goes around out there? Like every player on the offensive side of the football is a first round pick. Um, they've got Todd Gurley. They've got Julio. What, what do I always call him when I'm watching him? Julio. I don't know where <laughs> I got that from, but like he just balls out when he doesn't have a hamstring, which is like a 50, 50 coin flip most times for Julio. But uh, when he's out there, he's a problem. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a problem. He's been balling out this year, which if you would have listened to my fantasy shows, you would know that was one of my guys, um, him, Steph Diggs, DJ Moore guys. That I was saying we're going to blow up this year, which pretty much those have all been correct. Grifka. Um, yeah, that they got Hayden Hurst at tight end. You know, Matt Ryan, who we talked about at the top of the show is uh, going to make his throws he's also probably going to make some mistakes as his arm is getting a little bit weaker these days but uh man it's indoors it's going to be a fun football game to watch it's one of those where me and my buddy chops that will be there like chops is a guy that he's 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 got grifka tendencies where he just loves the lions but he gets a oh, man they just always do this to me or, oh you just get crazy after one victory it's one victory okay against the jackson who cares like like I care because, you know, when they start winning, Chops, you, all the other haters are going to be the first people in line that are going to be whooping the the Detroit Lions towel. You're going to have the little flag on your car. You're going to be wearing your 1982 um, sweatshirt that you bought back then and still wear to this day. I mean, so Choppy is going to go and he's going to be all excited before the game and we're going to be whooping it up in the ATL, and then if anything goes wrong, he's going to go Grifka and say, see, I told you, this team's not good. They can't cover a coffee table. They can't play defense. You know, this is going to be a long day for the Lions, where if the Lions come out and, I don't know, do a flea flicker on the first play or go ahead and ball out, like, he's going to be going nuts just like you should have been. We were in Lambeau Field rather than driving me crazy like you did. So it's going to be fun to be there. I can't wait. It's kind of a coin flip game. I'm not writing the Falcons off just based on their record. I think they're going to be trouble. There's even some sneaky defensive players that they have that people forgot about as well. So I think the Lions, you know, are going to need to get healthy. I'd like to see Justin Coleman. I'd like to see, um, you know, Trufant get back out there, especially Trufant versus Julio would be a much better combo, I think, than putting some of your young guys out there. But, hey, I think Okuda is going to come along fine, and I think the Lions can put up points. Again, indoors, 
in the uh, dome there. There'll be some fans. There'll be a little bit of juice in the crowd. We saw how they did with that in Jacksonville. So there's no reason the Lions can't go down to hot Atlanta and put up some points. Again, it's the third week in a row. I'm putting it on number nine as a statement game to show up. He's let me down twice here. I need him to come up big in Atlanta. Big numbers, big moxie, big big stat line, and lead his team to a dubski. So how are they going to slow down those wide receivers, though? I mean, those two scare the daylights out of me. Well, I mean, they should. They also have Russell Gage, who's a good three. He's come into his own a little bit. They've got Hayden Hurst, who I mentioned, at tight end, who is is not a slouch. He's not my favorite guy, but he gets a lot of pub and has made a few plays this year. So um, former first-round pick. I... I don't know, because the Lions were Swiss cheese for a couple quarters, a couple half of games, but they've also been decent at other times, too, especially against Jacksonville. They were tough against the run, and they didn't look too bad against the pass either. I mean, I saw A-O-O baby out there making plays on fourth down, getting his hands on some footballs. I saw Jeff Okuda laying the lumber on people with Trey Flowers, uh, absolute great hit uh, against the Jags there, and Mr. Manchu. Um that's fun to watch, man. It was fun to watch the Lions. So if they if they bring, you know, even 80% of that to uh, to the Dome there, I, I don't see why we can't, uh, you know, cover, especially if you get healthy. And, yeah, Julio and company are going to make their plays. I mean, but as long as you don't let him go for 150 and two touches, there's no reason you can't hang in this ball game and find a way to win it because we got firepower as well. Okay. You just mentioned the firepower that the Lions have. Who are you expecting to have a big game this week? Because we know Atlanta's defense ain't that great. So uh, (laughs) who on this offense can you see going off against this defense? Oh, Griff could like, I mean, I've been touting Swift for weeks. Finally gets his touches, blows up. Everybody now has an inflated opinion of DeAndre Swift, thinking that he's going to come out and just go crazy week after week after week. What do I say, Grifka, here on the show? It's an up-down league. The guy that didn't do good is going to ball out. The guy that played great last week probably be somewhat, you know, disappearing act unless he's one of those top-end ballers. Like I just mentioned, Julio. He's going to show up basically every week unless he's hurt. But for the Lions, who's going to show up for the Lions? Yeah, you heard it here first, people. Marvin Jones is due. He is due for a ball game. Everybody's writing him off, trade him. Marvin's no good. What do you think would be a more perfect time for Marvin Jones to go for about a a buck 15 and one or two tutties than here in Atlanta when nobody's expecting him? He's kind of off the radar right now. Did you see much from Danny Amendola recently other than a couple catches here or there? Maybe he breaks a tackle, gets a first down. You haven't seen much from him. He hasn't really seen the end zone. You haven't seen the production from last year. Put a, put a gold star, a little circle around Danny Amendola, the old wildy vet in this ball game. And, uh, I wouldn't put it past, uh, I don't know, how do you say it? How should I say it? Uh, Adrian Peterson to uh, maybe have himself a day. And we're not talking yardage. We're talking, you know, anywhere from 50 to 75. But but how about an end zone touch or two from the old Wiley vet? I mean, those are three guys I would peg. Obviously, I've been calling for TJ Hawkinson to get more footballs, but... I mean, they got they got Quani or Neal still. I think at linebacker or no, he's who's who's the crazy fast linebacker? They got Neal back at safety, and then who's the linebacker that's always hurt these days? 
but he's a good player. Gosh, I can't remember. Anyway, oh, they, yeah, they've got me. they got some linebackers that can run. So, you know, I hope they get the ball to Hawkinson, but I'm taking it off Kenny and Hawk and Swift this week. And I'm putting it on Marv, Danny, Peterson, and oh yeah, number nine, Matt Stafford. Go out and make those guys great. Win this ball game. Put up some points, and uh, let's go do this thing. Now, when we first saw the schedule, and we, me and you both figured it would be a little difficult at the beginning, and this was going to be that stretch where they could actually make some hay. Is this, um, you know, they went out and, you know, whooped up on Jacksonville. We kind of thought maybe this would be like a stumbling block possibility with such, you know, Atlanta's offense. And we've talked on, you know, the prior show how this could be a toss-up. But uh, do you believe this team has enough confidence now? where after, you know, doing what it did to Jacksonville, maybe coming into its own, that um, this could be like a real stepping stone. This could be, if they if they get this one, maybe they could rattle off maybe six, seven wins in a row. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say six or seven in a row because it's the National Football League, and you hear me say every week that it's going to be a fourth quarter game. It's going to be, you know, five, ten points or less. That's how the NFL works for the most part. I mean, you don't, uh, you know, I don't know, punch them in the face and take their candy most weeks, even though we did to Jacksonville, and I know you and others were doing the, oh, I'm not sure, you know, it's uh, not sure if they can get it, and then when they do, you want to discount it. So I think I think it's a statement or a must win because – you know, you've got to string W's together um, when you can. And I think they got one. So go show us you can play good defense again. That was the thing I was the most proud about in the Lions in Jacksonville. Not really the score and not really, you know, some of the plays or the stats some of the guys had. But the fact that they just, that was solid NFL football to me. That was good NFL football despite the struggles of their quarterback. Um, I felt like you look at that ball game from quarter one to quarter four and say, man, no big miscues, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, just a lot of solid defense, solid, you know, run game. Stafford made throws when he had to. That That's the kind of football I want every week. So to me, this is a game that's winnable, but, like I say, the Falcons are not a pushover, so you got to go in there and just, gosh, they got to play just, like, I want to walk out of this game, win or lose, being like, man, the Lions showed up for two weeks in a row now and played solid defense, they made plays on offense, and, you know, I definitely want that scoreboard to say, you know, more points for the Lions than the Falcons, but I think I was most proud turning off the game on Sunday just saying that, that, that was NFL ball to me. You know, there's been weeks where I turn off the lines. I'm like, what did I just watch in the second, third quarters? That, that was not NFL football. That was not what happens in every other game that I see where all these games are close. All these teams have ball players, you know, guys making plays, offense, defense, whatever it may be. Um, that's really what I want to see is, is solid, consistent play and let the chips fall where they may make those few plays. I feel like in the last game, the Deron Harmon play, um, you know, Matt Stafford completing that sidearm ball to, to TJ Hawkinson. You know, those were the type of plays that got them over the hump in that game rather than, you know, looking back and saying, oh, that, that batted ball interception by Stafford cost them. You know, they were able to rebound from that. So go into Atlanta with some juice, but also know that it's a four-quarter football game. Whether it goes good, bad, or ugly in the beginning, you hang in there, you make plays, you, you play solid, proud Detroit-type football, 
and you're going to give yourself a chance at the end of the ball game, and there's no reason they shouldn't have a chance, and there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to be right in the mix to win this ball game when it's all said and done. Yeah, if the Lions come away with a, another victory on the road, back-to-back week road victories, that's huge. I mean, that's just got to be a major step in confidence for this team than coming home to take on Indianapolis. And Indianapolis has, you know, I, th- I think it has one of the better defenses in the league. But uh, yeah, this is – it's going to be a really tough game. But still, confidence building is going to be huge if for this team. They, they come out with a W, being able to, you know, I guess outscore, you know, Matt Ryan and that high-powered Atlanta offense, even though Atlanta's defense is a little shaky. And we've seen them give up some big leads this year that, you know, us as Lions fans have complained that, the Lions have done, but Atlanta's done the same thing. I mean, I mean, they lost to the Bears in Atlanta, and the Bears, I still believe, aren't that great, even with a four and one record. You know, it's just one of those things they gave up. But you know, they gave up an onside kick. You know, and that doesn't happen that you know very often at all nowadays with the way the NFL set up the onside kick, and Chicago was able to recover one against Atlanta. So let's hope the Detroit doesn't need to do that, but. uh go down there and just, you know, start to play like they did, you know, last week, you know, run the ball, you know, hopefully Stafford, you know, you mentioned his stats weren't that great against Jacksonville, but maybe he does play better than the guys that you did name off, you know, show up as, you know, Marvin hasn't had, you know, that great of year. And, you know, Danny, Danny is the guy, you know, he just kind of seems to be that safety, that safety blanket right now for Matt Stafford. And, you know, they're able to run the ball like they did, but, uh, you know, Still, back-to-back wins, both of them on the road, big check marks, you know, for this team's confidence. You know, maybe they could, you know, rumble off, you know, six, seven wins in a row. Kripka, let, let me ask you this. I know you ask most of the questions here on a Friday, but you're the guy that always goes into everything tiptoeing, you know, wait and see, you know, I hope, maybe. Like, you don't seem like a guy where if they win this game, unless they really win, win it handily, that you're going to come on here and do cartwheels and be like, oh, man, I'm sold now. Like, man, they're good to go. I saw what I need to see. You're going to come in here and still say, well, you know, it was another good win, two in a row. But I don't see you jumping on board. But what my question to you is, like, I know if they go down and they lose a heartbreaker or if they get – if they get torch, you're going to be the first guy to come on the show and be like, Psh, see that win in Jacksonville meant nothing. Let's get fire. Everybody. I told you I was right all along. I mean, do I have you pegged, right? It feels like you're the guy that will wait to jump on it when it doesn't go right, but you're very trepidatious, very hesitant to be like, Hey, two wins in a row. This team's rolling. I like what I see. Um, you, you can actually get behind it. Why is that? I mean, you are on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I've been for two years trying to do this for you. Drink it in, man. I've been trying to serve it up. I've been trying to give you a side of cornbread. Cornbread! And, like, do I have you pegged right? That you're much more so the guy that will kill them on Monday after this game than to give them credit if they go and take care of business. If they get crushed like they did against New Orleans and Green Bay, yeah, then you're pretty much back to square one. You go down, you know, back-to-back road games, and you lose a heartbreaker, you know, last-second field goal where you played you played a, a solid game, and you lose. Okay, I, I could buy into that a little more than if you look like you did against in Lambeau Field or if, you know, Drew Brees is standing back there just picking your team apart. If Matt Ryan looks exactly the same way and you try to pull some miracle comeback, 
you know, like again against New Orleans. I mean, yeah, it's just then you're back to square one. You're pretty much at, you're right, your game in Jacksonville. You know, yeah, it was nice, but still, I mean, it wasn't anything. And for all of us, you know, bagging on Atlanta, you know, if, if, if they score, you know, how bad that defense is, they score, you know, 10 points, you know, 14 points, and they're, they lose like, you know, 28-14, you know, 31-14. Yeah, you're pretty much back to square one, and you kind of deserve to be bagged on because all the Kool-Aid that you fed the fed Lions fans after, like, we went to Jacksonville, played four quarters, and thumped the crap out of them. Yeah, then you came back and you stumbled pretty hard again against, uh, you know, a one-win Atlanta Falcon team. All right. Well, so, yeah, I would I, have to say you'd have me pegged right on that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I cannot wait to hear your prediction because you are the guy that loves to root them on when they're doing well and loves to kick them in the teeth when they're not. So I can't wait to hear your prediction and see where you're going to go with it. And I can't wait to see what happens when I come back to the state of Michigan on Monday or Tuesday and we jump on here for the podcast, especially if they win. I cannot wait to hear what you got to say. Okay, well, let's do it. Let's go to it right now. What's your prediction? You're going to be in the house, sporting the jersey, repping the team. You would take a sign, and if they would allow you to, I, I know this about you. But uh, so, uh, what do you got? What is your prediction for this game? <laughs> oh, real quick, Griffith, before I get to my score, I got to tell the people we've we've intimated at this, but you guys got to know. So Griffka hinted on it right there. I am sign guy. I love like having a sign at the tailgate. I love making people laugh. I love touting the sign, you know, at, at opposing fans. But there's nothing funnier than Grifka like being all anti-sign, anti-anything fun until I make him hold the sign and 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 run around with and make fun of people and like enjoy it. And then he has the greatest time of his life and always tells me at the end, oh man, that was fun. And it's like, you know, if, if, if I wasn't there, it didn't make you do it. You would never use a sign your whole life. You wouldn't do half the things I make you do. Am I right? Yeah, you're very right with that. and we always have a good time am i right Uh (laughs) uh-huh so yeah that that is me uh i don't know me and choppy we're gonna try to like i say we'll be down there um in that area for a couple days like i say a good buddy of mine he's got a big family i think he's got three or four daughters now so he's kind of just like happy that we're gonna be in that same area and gonna be able to throw the football and watch UFC and watch Michigan and enjoy a Lions game and get away from it all for a couple of days there. So I'm really fired up about it. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do a tailgate maybe, or what's going to go down. Like I said, I've never been to that area before, but I'm excited to go check it out. Um, as far as the game goes, like I say, I'm going to be rowdy. I'm going to have the Matt Stafford game jersey on. I'm going to be um, ready to root on my Lions. I'm going to be staying COVID safe. I'm going to be rocking that mask. Again, I said I didn't want to go to a game with, with you, Grifka, with a mask, which maybe just meant I didn't want to go to a game with you, Grifka. <laughs> but, uh, no, we always have fun at the games. But um, this will just be fun. You know, I've only been to a couple games where I've been in the opposing team stadium. Had a great win in Philly with Chops. Actually, we did another – that was another road trip with my uh, friends Dave and Jerry. Um they were a husband and wife combo on my softball team. We actually all rolled out there and just had a blast and uh, got that W in Philly. And then me and you should have had a W in Green Bay, but we got robbed by the refs and you thought it was just the greatest game of all time. And I was fuming after that one. And where else? I can't. I don't know if I've been on any of the roadies. Anyway, I know people were repping in Jacksonville. We had a lot of One Pride, a lot of Detroit Lions fans. I mean, 
I know he gets a lot of love on Twitter, but I don't know that I'm the biggest fan, Grifka, of the guy in the full uh, lion outfit <laughs> who they kept showing on TV. It's a little embarrassing for me, I got to admit. I mean, I like wearing my jersey. I like being sign guy, but I, you're not going to see me in a lion's mane or, or some outfit from uh, the Lion King, you know, at any ball games. I can guarantee you that. Or one of those big headdresses. You ain't going to see me with that on anytime ever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh other than that like i say hopefully there'll be some fans there i will uh, bump elbows with them i'm not gonna high five any of you you better have your damn masks on you freaking people i don't care if you got a falcons or a lions jersey on but i guarantee we're gonna have fun again i know choppy is a guy like you that he wants to hate on me all the time about my lions kool-aid and all i do is look at him and i go choppy chop all you got to do is do this, man. Drink it in, man. <laughs> and I just serve it up to him, and he tells me about how the Lions have never won and this, that, and the other. So that's going to be fun. And Griffka, before I get to my prediction, you you might as well close your ears for a second because I know you're get off my lawn. I don't do fantasy football, guy. I'm too important. I'm too busy for it. But a couple of years ago, I started a 32-team fantasy football league based off the NFL where – we made every team like the Lions, the Jets, the Baltimore Ravens, like all the teams. We made the the rosters exactly like they were. I think this started in 2018. So in 2018, I took over the Detroit Lions as as general manager, and I have taken them to the playoffs. I think both years. I don't know if I got there with Matt Stafford. I can't remember, but I have built quite the team. I'm not going to go through them all, but I might as well tell you a few. I got Stafford still as my quarterback. I have recently traded for DeAndre Swift. I was able to acquire him. Griffka, my receivers are Odell Beckham Jr., Kenny Galladay. Uh, I got Preston Williams on a, on a nothing contract. That was a great acquisition. Last week, I acquired Julio Jones. I was able to get TJ Hawkinson. I've got Darren Waller, who I picked up on a nothing contract. What a great free agent signing by general manager Derek Oakery for the Lions. Um, gosh, I have a draft class of Cephas, Peoples-Jones, Tyler Johnson down there in, in uh, Tampa Bay. I've got Christian Wilkins, the stud for Miami. I mean, listen to some of my defenders, Griff. I've got... I've got Tracy Walker still on the roster. I've got some crazy good safeties. Give me uh, Julian Love. I just traded Jalen Ramsey. Give me A-O-O, baby. I mean, gosh, there's there's too many good people to mention. Like I say, it's a 53-man roster, 32 teams. And the reason I bring all this up, Griffco, you want to know why? Yeah, actually, I, I would really like to know why. Okay, I'm gonna. This can tell you why, and the people, the people love hearing about the Oakry Detroit Lions because the Oakry Detroit Lions are going up against the choppy-owned Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Oh baby! So not only are me and him going to be in the building, but our two own 32 team, 53 man roster fantasy squads are going to be going man up. So there's going to be bragging rights. There's going to be all types of things on the line. But really, the most important thing is what's going to happen between those white lines, and that's between the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. And Griffka, I'm here to tell you my prediction for this ball game, and I can't wait to chop it up with Benny Blades on B-L-E-A-V and Lions about this, because I know he's fired up about this Jacksonville win. He's not tiptoeing around like you are. 
me and Benny are going to talk about it. I'll have the same prediction, but we're going to have lots of fun laughing and, and talking about uh, Jacksonville and Atlanta. But Griffka, my prediction, after all that lead up, the people are on the edge of their seat for the actual game is going to be 31 for the Detroit Lions. 28 for the Atlanta Falcons, a nail biter down to the wire. The Bob Quinn led Detroit Lions will win on the football field. And yes, you know who it is. The Oakry led Detroit Lions of the reality football league are going to take it to the Atlanta Falcons, who also have a, a very good squad top to bottom. It should be a back and forth battle. But your Honolulu Blue and Silver, led by Derek Oakry at the head of personnel and the president and the GM, are going to win that ball game as well. So it's going to be a great day. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Grifka, I know you can't top all the great info, all the great uh, information, all the amazing lead up I did to my prediction. So I got the Lions getting a W. What do you got? Oh, gosh, it's going to be a tough game. Once again, traveling back-to-back weeks, you know, heading south, both of them. I mean, it's still staying in the same time zone, so you don't have to worry about anything going east to west coast or anything like that. You know, one of my favorites. But still, um, tough game. Atlanta has a lot of good firepower, and, um, you know, so does Detroit. And they just Atlanta just went up to Minnesota and put a thumping on, supposedly, one of the best defenses in the north. But, uh you know, it's going to be a tough game for them. Can they win it? Yep. But I think they come up short this week. I have Atlanta winning this game 35-31. That, that's what I got to say to you, Grifka. Hey, and I know you're you're being all negative and down, as I knew you would be, about my long, drawn-out fantasy football take. But it's going to be a tremendous matchup. But you want to know something funny, Grifka? We got to we'll tie the show up after this. But you want to know something good? Sure. So in this fantasy league, you can extend players. Guess who was up for an extension for the Detroit Lions? Kenny Boy. Kenny Galladay. You want to know what his asking price was? 17 mil. (laughs) Four years, 17 to $18 million per year. What have we argued about on this show multiple times? (laughs) That's too much for your blood. (laughs) <laughs> paying Kenny Galladay 17 to 18 million. But because there's a little bit different rules, a little different roster construction, because offense is prominent, I signed it on the dotted line. I got Kenny to oh. about 2024, baby, at 18 million buckos. Oh, yeah. man, I loved it. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, like you say, there's going to be lots of fun on the line. If I come back without COVID and in one piece, I'll be back here next week talking Lions. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great trip, great chance to sort of get away from the busyness of life, enjoy a, a kind of a mancation, a buddies um, getting together for a little getaway from life, family, uh, kids, all the craziness that goes on, and just enjoying football food, uh, just uh, fights for UFC, and just a whole bunch of other good stuff we're going to enjoy down there. I can't wait. I know I always bug Grifka a couple times a year, just put life on pause and go back to some of the things we enjoy and just uh, take it all in. I mean, you, you could say on this show, drink it in. Drink it in, man.
So we're going to do all that and really enjoy. I'll be back to report, hopefully send some photos and some other things out just to kind of document the experience, but should be a good one. I can't wait for this football game. Grifka, there's only one thing left to do, and that's simply this. After this epic show, these great shows we've had this week, all the fun we've had, the laughter, the back and forths, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Everybody, drinking in, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Let's go to the ATL. Let's get a W. Take care, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.